Hi, my name is Susan. I've been arrested 32 times just for listening to people talk with each other. The problem was I used to hide in the bushes outside the windows of people's homes to enjoy listening to strangers talk to each other. It's just something I like to do. I get bored and lonely sometimes, you know. Hey, Susan, don't do all that. There's another way to enjoy random conversations? Now, thanks to the podcast show, I can enjoy listening to conversations with strangers and learn something new every week. No more listening outside the window just to enjoy a good conversation. Tune in weekly on Wednesdays and subscribe for updates on your favorite platform to the Toddcast show and help our podcast family continue to grow and share around the world. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Toddcast show. My name is Todd Mira, your host, and I'm so excited to be here with all of you. The Toddcast show is dedicated to exploring the human condition through conversation with strangers. We explore the positive, interesting, and oftentimes shocking side of human nature. In each episode of the Toddcast show, I talk with strangers in a down-to-earth, old-school, and heartfelt way about their life. Nothing is ever scripted, everything is spontaneous, positive, and we never discuss politics. You won't know what to expect next. Join in the conversation to laugh, love, learn, and grow with others around the planet. Who will I call next? Tune in to find out every Wednesday at midnight Pacific or for playback anytime on your favorite podcast listening platform. And stay connected with us at ToddCastShow.com. Today we are joined by a very interesting person, Melissa Mon- Manalo, right? Melissa yeah, Manalo. Manalo. <laughs> Thank you. Melissa Manalo, how are you today? I'm good. How are you? Oh, doing great. And where are you calling from? I am in sunny California. And I say that because it's going to be almost 90, even though it's fall. <laughs> sunny California. I used to live there. And you didn't say which part of sunny California. I'm sure the sun shines all over the place. But are you in the north or the south, central? Where are you about? I am, I am right in the capital. Good old Sacramento. Oh, wow, yeah. Sacramento. That's cool. Is it busy there? It's getting busier. When I was younger, it wasn't so much, but we are seeing like an influx of people, especially people from the Bay Area come move here. So it's getting busier and busier like throughout the years. Yeah. Yep. And were you born there? No, I was, I grew up in the Bay Area and then I moved here, I think, uh, I think in middle school. So pretty much more than half of my life here. So I do consider myself a Sacramento, yeah, uh, Sacramentan, whatever you want to call it. You represent the capital. (laughs) (laughs) That's cool. That's cool. Um, So you were born in, like, when you say the Bay Area, do you mean like San Francisco proper or another town? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. What's your earliest memory as a child in San Francisco? Um, Wow, that's a hard one. I guess I... Man, you're going deep. Uh, so my earliest memory, let's see. So we did live, I didn't, we didn't grow up with like a whole lot of money. So we had this like itty bitty apartment. But the cool thing about it 
is that it was next to the beach, but you had to like go down like a flight of stairs, like a really, really long flight of stairs. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so it was just like this little, little pocket area um, in this tiny apartment. And I, I think that's what I remember most is that we used to go to the beach a lot. That's and so we, cool. Yeah. Had that Man. little apartment. Wow. You know, when I think of San Francisco waters, I think really cold and sharks. Was it like that back then? <laughs> uh, no sharks, never seen one except for like in an aquarium. Okay. Uh, but as far as the cold, it is cold all the time, but it didn't bother me because I'm used to it. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I didn't realize how much I'm so acclimated to cold until I moved to Sacramento. Because the first day we moved here, I was so upset because it was 113 degrees. Really? And we're just so used to like 60s, 70s all year round. 113? Real kidding. Yeah. We just passed a record in, on Labor Day for 116. Wow. That's yeah. amazing. Death Valley, I heard, gets up to like <laughs> over 120 or something like that. Oh, God. That sounds awful. Yeah. <laughs> don't and, do well in the heat. Uh-uh. Me neither. Um, I live in the central Arizona mountains about... Mm, well, it takes about 40 minutes to get down the mountain to the valley, kind of. And mm-hmm. the valley is where Phoenix is, and it gets to be like 120 in the summertime there. And it's gnarly, man. Like, I mean, even at night, it's like the heat comes off the ground. And uh, I don't know how people do it. I couldn't deal yeah. with it. You know? I have family I, there. Oh, do you really? Yeah. And I'm just like, how? Why? Because they chose to be there, you know? <laughs> Yeah, right. Because, like, you know, they're the only ones there, and everybody else is, like, in California or, like, the East Coast. And I'm like, why here? Of right. all places. It's so hot. Yeah, there's a lot of opportunity, and it's a lot of fun and whatnot. But, like, yeah, that pretty much ruins it for me. Like, the opportunities to buy land and different things are great. But then it's like, oh, wait a second. I'm going to fry, and I have skin cancer. So it's oh. like uh, the last thing I want to do is, like, be in the sun all day. You know what I mean? Like, I'll be yeah. dead. So, no, thank you. Um, so when you were in San Francisco growing up, at what point did you move? Like, and what was it that led to your moving as a child to where you are now, I assume? Are you in the same place or are you in a different place? How did that um, all work? So my family in general, just throughout my life, have moved a lot. And I'm not really sure, you know, there's just some things your parents don't tell you. Because uh, yeah. I wasn't like an army brat or anything like that. Uh, but we did move a lot. We moved a lot throughout like the Bay Area. I think I counted it once. Like, you know how like when you're uh, a new kid, it's like, what's a fun fact? And I think I counted it once. And I think we moved like 14 times or something crazy like that. Wow. Um, I think it's more now. Because as an adult, I've moved like several times too. Of like course. to different apartments or, you know, changed yeah. up roommates or whatever. Um yeah. But yeah, so we we moved all around the Bay Area, but and then we finally moved to Sacramento because my mom got transferred here for her job. Mm. So I think it was either here or like Pasadena. I think was the other option, but mm. she chose Sacramento. And Sacramento's also it was a good move because it it's a lot cheaper here. I mean, not anymore, yeah. but back then it was you know. Uh, when we lived in Bay, Bay Area, we lived in, like, really small, cramped apartments. And then when we moved here, my mom finally, like, like we uh, actually had enough to buy a house, which is, like, unheard of in the Bay Area, unless you're, like, yeah. super rich awesome. or you inherited something. 
Yeah. That's so crazy. Wow. Yeah. Things have changed. Um, do you remember like, uh, when you were young, you know, growing up and whatnot, like what your perspective was like? Cause I know, you know, you've obviously, you've alluded to this a couple of times that you've seen changes over the years and whatnot, you know, uh, when did reality set in for you as a child where it was like, holy crap, you know, like life is real. You know, what do you think, uh, was, uh, you know, your approximate age and the circumstances surrounding when you kind of grew up, I guess, you know, and realized what was really going on. You know, we all, as children, have perspectives that are fairly sheltered and whatnot, but like at mm-hmm. one point or another, we all realize that life is real. You know, when, when was that time for you? I think I've always just been very observant and I've always like, I, I think I told someone once, like, I didn't even really like kids when I was a kid. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, um, not that I hate kids or anything. Like, I, I, I just don't relate to them. And it's hard for me to, to uh, what's it called? Like, interact with kids. Like, I, I have nieces and nephews. And sometimes I'm just like, what, what do I do with them? <laughs> like, how do I hang out with them? So I've just, like, kind of always been an old soul and just very observant and I think at a very young age, I kind of already was aware of the world, if you will, like uh, was aware of a lot of things. Like I can't pinpoint exactly an age per se, but like, you know, like I wasn't, I knew if my parents were fighting or I knew if someone was going through a thing or like, I knew, I just knew when people were like, it wasn't, it was out of the norm. Like when, um, uh, I guess like the biggest things, like a lot of things happened when I was a kid and I won't get like into like super detail. Cause I don't know how much sure. of it, like my family wants to share, like my, no, it's okay. my mom would wants me to tell, but like there is a time where my parents weren't really getting along. Um, mm-hmm. They, they did see, they did still stay married till the end. You know, my dad passed away a few years ago uh, and Sorry. they were still married, but they, as every married couple, they have problems and, some of the problems were bigger than others, I guess I'll say. And I think that's really where I got, I, I guess life isn't, you know, rainbows and butterflies. Mm-mm. It was like a, a big shock to um, our family. And like a lot of stuff happened at that time. And I don't know about my brother, but he kind of seemed like he was just like content playing with like his video games and toys and whatever but I'm just like very observant and I, mm-hmm. you know, I, I like to watch people and I like to be in the know. And I think because I was so quiet as a kid, I think adults kind of forgot I, I was there, but like I existed. <laughs> so I did hear a lot of things from adults that maybe I shouldn't have heard, um, but you know, I'm just, I'm just there. And I loved it. I loved hearing them talk and hearing about these things. And like all the other kids are just like rowdy and loud and playing around and running around the house and, here I am just like either on my aunt's lap or something, just listening to the adults talk. Uh, did you become a blackmail specialist and that's how you got your fortune? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> if only. Oh, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Watch out for the quiet ones, they say. Yeah, um, they're listening. Yeah, yeah. That's a good thing, though. That's a good thing. Um, listening is a highly underrated sport, it seems. It really um, is. Yeah. And what was it like growing up for you? Were you a quiet child? Oh, and did you have siblings? I meant to ask, did you have siblings growing up? Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I was I was definitely a quiet child. Like I, the adults really liked me because I was quiet and I wasn't like super <laughs> hyper. Like all the other kids are like really loud and hyper and like to run around. And I had like, um, you know, cousins or whatever that would break things. But <laughs> I was never that kid. Yeah, that I was me. That, I was that kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like the complete opposite. I was not mm. like that at all. And I. I liked talking to the adults and um, hanging out with my aunt and my my parents and, you know, my uncles and whatever. So definitely the quiet child. And then as far as siblings, I do have my brother. So we have the same parents. And then my dad had a family, like his first family, but they're like way older. So mm-hmm. my sister is the same age as my mom. And then, like, uh, so from the first family, there's the two girls and one boy. And they're all, like, just a few years apart, like, a couple years apart. But they're all, like, let's see, how old is my mom now? Oh, in their 60s. Wow. Yeah. So, like, pretty much 30-plus years apart for me. So, for them, they kind of, I kind of always forget about them, like, as siblings. (laughs) Because they're more like my aunts and uncles just because of the age gap. I and see. I was much closer to their kids, but their mm-hmm. kids, you know, they're my nieces and nephews, but that always confused people. So I just always called them my cousins. Yeah, that makes sense. How cool is that? And um, do you have a cultural background or because uh, I noticed your last name and I was just wondering where that came from? Yeah. So both my parents are from the Philippines. Awesome. So yeah, first gen Filipino right uh, and my three older siblings were also born there. And my dad brought them here. I think my the oldest was like eight, maybe when she came here, or ten, something like that. So they were wow. pretty young. That's amazing. That's really cool. And do you have family in the Philippines still? Oh yeah. Oh, we have a lot of family in the Philippines. Right on. That's really cool. Um, you know, I've always liked Asian culture, and <laughs> I really I'm a K-pop freak. Like I love K-pop. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, it's like that's have, I want to have that music playing when I die. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that music is the I just love it. Like in all the Asian culture that I've seen, I mean, I know there's problems politically and all that, but like culturally and socially and just the dynamics of family, I've always really loved that about Asian cultures and you know uh, even Latin cultures and mm-hmm. uh, honestly, pretty much every other culture than American culture. Uh, it seems, you know, it's really weird how we uh, seem to want to separate as we get older in this country. Do you ever think about that? What do you mean by separate? Like, Well, like in our country, people end up in old folks' homes. In your country, they end up living with their siblings, you know, or their their children or something like that, right? Like, oh, I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. Families stick together and it's just different. You know, the whole dynamic is different. Yeah, it's... Um... It's funny that you say that because we, my husband and I always talk about like, oh, what are we, we going to do? You know, because I, I, I love my mom. I'm going to say that first off. I love my mom and I appreciate all the things she sacrificed for us and like coming to this country and all that good grand stuff. Uh, but with that said, <laughs> we don't always see eye to eye on things and we don't agree on a lot of things and um, she's very religious. I'm not very religious. Uh, mm-hmm. she's very old school, like fifties, like, yeah. you know, being ladylike and whatever. And I'm just like, 
you know, mm -hmm. I'm not. <laughs> so I uh, gotcha. Yeah. And so, but I don't want to put her in a home, you know, because that's just not. Like, yeah. So we would, she would either go live with my brother, which I think is ideal because he's the one that actually has kids. <laughs> and it's not you. <laughs> sorry mom i'm sorry she, i mean deep inside she's got to understand you know yeah but i would because she she talks about because she is preparing um for her death i guess she's very strong and healthy so i think she's just preparing because we had to deal with it with my dad and my dad was not prepared didn't leave anything behind and we didn't um yeah so I think because of that, now she's like, okay, now I need to make sure I have enough money for this. Like she's trying to make sure she has enough money for like, uh, to be able to be in a care home or have like an at-home nurse and stuff like that. And like, I would love to, like, if she's not going to live with my brother, like I would love for her to live with us, but maybe like have an in-law suite, you know, yes, where it's like kind yes, of yes. separated from the house, but yeah, she's still there her and can still watch her. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I get that. I get that. Well, yeah, yeah, you definitely, you'll figure out what the right thing is to do. And, um, you know, hopefully it'll be a long time from now. And some of those people, they live forever, man. You just, you know, you can't stop them. So, yeah, I mean, know. she's only in her 60s and like, and she's Filipino. Like, I don't oh, know if you know nothing. much about Filipinos, but. Oh, they live, they forever, live forever and they <laughs> look beautiful when they die. You know, it's like, holy crap, she's how old? Like, what? <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. my husband's great grandma died at like a hundred something. Wow. Hundred four, hundred five, something like that. Yeah. So is so. it like the vegetables? What is it that makes you know people live longer? You think in healthier lives in that country versus ours? Less McDonald's? Like what is no, it? No, they um, I it's the women. Something about the women. They live a long time because the men, kind of, they don't. They they always have like heart disease or gout or like high blood pressure or something, really? but I don't know what the women are doing. Huh. Like there's just some, they're just, they're just, well, we need to game. figure that out and put it in a book <laughs> and sell it. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if it's the food because <laughs> the food's not very healthy either. Really? Um, yeah. Hmm. That surprises me. I always thought of it that way, you know, vegetables and this and that and, but then lumpia is deep fried, and that's one mm -hmm. of my favorites is vegetable lumpia. And um, I don't remember all the different things, but I've had Filipino food a few times in really authentic settings, and it's like, oh my gosh, this is good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there is there are healthy foods, and there are like really bad foods. There's not really a in between. <laughs> yeah, right. So, uh, maybe the women just like the healthier foods, and the men like the more greasy like fatty foods. I don't know. Oh, well, that's crazy. Well, for the record, I like the healthy foods. Like, you know, mm -hmm. that's, I don't have a heart disease and uh, Filipino wife sounds pretty cool. <laughs> 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 Clearly single extrovert. Oh. Um, you know, that's, that's, you know, that's funny. completely different. And um, so as you grew up, um, you went to school, of course, and all of that. Uh, mm -hmm. What, kind of uh spoke to you in terms of what you were going to do with your life and like how did you decide you know we're going to get to the part where we talk about you know you're an introvert 
a kind of a professional introvert, which is interesting. Um, I'm an extrovert, and so I've been really looking forward to this conversation. But I'm just wondering, you know, at what point in your life did you start to see a purpose and passion for something, and where did that lead you? That's kind of hard. Like I, uh, I so my my actual like career and job isn't necessarily something like I'm passionate about, but I'm really good at. Mm-hmm. What do but you do? I, I work in IT, so I work in like the project management office. Awesome. In IT, yeah. Thank you. I'm hey, trying that is to. Cool. Yeah, there's a there's going to be a position opening up for the manager role, so right I'm going to try to go for that. Cool. Yeah, you got to cover your bases. That's that's yeah. always plan A, and then you get a plan B and plan C. You know, but mm-hmm. that's cool. And so um, you did that out of college. Did you go to school to learn, or did you teach yourself? How did you learn those skills? So I I went to uh, college and I changed my majors. Like I don't even know. I think three three <laughs> or five times. I can't remember anymore. I came in thinking I was going to be uh, a math major and then I wanted to do art because I love art. Um, so I was going to do like a double major so I could be a teacher, but then I taught and I realized I hate teaching. It <laughs> sucks. Yeah. So then I changed it again and I finally was like, okay, well I can't be in college forever and I really want to get out because I, I love learning, but I hate the, like I hate the group work and the homework and the research papers. And like, I love just being in the classroom learning about yeah. stuff, but I don't like the app, like the take home stuff, you know, like I don't want to have to think about it. Like once the class is done. Mm. Um, so like, I was like, I, I need to get out of college. Like, so like, I just look up what I needed, what credits I needed left. So I ended up with a degree in, family and consumer science with a concentration on family studies. So wow. nothing to do with IT. Oh, interesting. But, but my father-in-law, well, he wasn't my father-in-law yet at the time, but he was like, hey, there's a internship opening at my work and he works in IT. Like, do you want to do it? It's a paid internship over the summer. And it was paying like double. I was making at uh, Chipotle. So I was like, like, hell yeah. Like, mm. it's paying double. I can probably save that up just in case I don't get, you know, I don't land a job again when the school starts. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I did. And when I got into IT, I realized, like, I'm actually really good at this. It's actually pretty easy work. It pays double what you would get in social services, yeah. like, sadly. Because um, I do think I know. it shouldn't be like, like that. Important. Yeah. yeah. But I, it, you know, it does pay double, which is a big deal, especially for like a broke college student yeah. about to graduate. And I did so well that they let me continue the internship throughout school. So I was doing school full time and that. And then the, I graduated, I think, like on a Friday and the following Monday, they hired me full time. Awesome. Yeah. So mm. I got to have a job right out of college, which, you know, it's pretty rare if you think yeah. about it, uh, or at least like a high paying job. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. But there is one huge drawback here that I couldn't help but hearing is you had to give up Chipotle. How did you do that? 
I, I love so Chipotle. Happy to, <laughs> to <leave> Chipotle. <laughs> it's actually really hard work. Like I definitely would um like if I I'm not gonna have kids, but if I had kids, I would definitely make them do something like that. Like it's hard, it's good hard earned money because uh, not to like get into, like not to like sound old, but some some of these kids like piss me off because they're like super lazy. But um, I'm not saying for all the whole generation. Like, just makes me sound like a boomer. But no, you're uh, right though. I think that <laughs> those are millennials. But the Generation Z is getting a bad rap too. I don't know. It's so hard to yeah. keep up with all this crap. I don't understand it. Yeah, but Chipotle was really. It was hard work because it is they do make all their food, you know, or like, like 90% of it. And, um, it's like, I did the inventory too. And so like I would, and I'm, I'm five to, you know, little, <laughs> little Asian girl, I'm like putting like 50 pounds of bags of rice, like up onto our, you know, our shelves and stuff. Right. So it, it, it's pretty hard work. It's pretty labor intensive. And like, even just making guac, like just to make the guac is like a whole, box of avocados and smashing all that yeah. like it, it, it's a arm workout and so I don't miss it I mean I miss it because it was a really great experience and you do build like a family there um but I don't miss it because it was very labor intensive and I just remember being always exhausted especially because like I was doing that full-time and going to school full-time wow but, that's crazy I guess we don't really think about that my superficial viewpoint was Man, those burritos are good. That's really all I could. <laughs> that's all I'm thinking. You know, it's that simple. You know. Um, yeah, but there I mean, is, we did get free food. So yeah, we got like a free burrito and stuff. Yeah, that's so awesome. Yeah, I guess that's a good thing to keep in mind. You know, and there's YouTube videos out there with people that are, you know, Karens they call them, and mm -hmm. uh, you know, these poor people behind the fast food cashier register. They don't mean any harm, you know, half the time and somebody's yelling at them for no reason. So, you know, it's good to remember that there's hard work involved and, you know, maybe a little respect goes a long way. Yeah, uh, definitely. Making somebody's day or at least uh, not making it worse, you know. Yeah, uh, I, I think people forget about that. It is still hard work, you know. They're yeah. not just standing around in the back, like just, you know, talking to their coworkers. Like it's, it's constant work the whole time. Right. Yeah. Those uh, corporate people in those places, they want their, uh, <laughs> they want their labor stats to work out well. And that's not good for you, the worker. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I remember that. I've only worked in pizza places before. Have you ever worked in a pizza place? No. Oh, those are the best. Like I really did enjoy that. Actually. I did that in high school and again, later on. And it was really fun, you know, high school mm -hmm. delivery driver, and then later on management. But it was uh, one of those types of businesses that, like, is just so unique. And I don't know, like, the people it would attract and the employees. It was kind of like a family, too, but a family of drunks. You know, it was like the first person, <laughs> first person that got off bought the first 12-pack of beer. And I mean the first of probably two or three. And, you know, it's like you just waited for everybody to get off. And then we all hung out for the rest of the night, and, you know. It was a whole yeah. different experience, but that was back in the early days when life was different, you know, it really was. Yeah. Um, so, so now you're getting to the place where you're aging a little bit and uh, you just mentioned that you're not going to have kids, so you don't have kids, right? Mm-hmm. Awesome. Right. 
And um, let's kind of get into a little bit more of what brought us together today, actually. Um, you know, and uh, I guess I kind of want to introduce you just for fun. And part of my extrovert nature is I, I like this sort of thing. So Melissa is the host of something called the Talkative Introvert Podcast. And to me, that's really kind of funny. And I, I giggle in a way because I'm such an extrovert. I saw that and I thought, wow, this is a person that I really want to talk to because as an extrovert, you know, I, I think about things like this, but I live with an introvert right now and we struggle with different things from time to time. And, you know, I have questions. Mm -hmm. And so when I saw you and thought of interviewing <laughs> you, I was like, oh, I'm going to get some answers to my questions. <laughs> uh, but I just want to introduce you there and, and ask you to kind of talk a little bit about you know, what it's like and, you know, let's kind of talk a little bit about introvert versus extrovert. And then they have this thing called ambivert. And uh, of mm -hmm. course, there's got to be something in the middle, right? Of course, um, yeah. And so there's all different types of people, but there's folks like us that are kind of on the extremes. And what makes it like that? Why are you an introvert? Tell us a little bit about that. So I know from, I guess, a scientific perspective like there you know it is something in our brain it's like how we like you could kind of tell from a baby whether they're going to end up being introverted or not based on like their reaction to to different things in their environment like you know I don't really like it when it's like super loud and crazy noisy and all that stuff like I get like a little I get drained when we're in like say like a really uh, loud club or something like that. It's very draining, like all the noise and all the different stuff going around you and all the different like interactions and stuff like that. And so you could kind of tell from a young age, you know, kids um, being like, if they're like reactive to that kind of environment Dude, or if they enjoy it. Do you um, think that you were exposed to loud experiences that scarred you or otherwise created kind of a, a sense of avoidance. I was reading just a little bit before we got on here, and um, it says that, uh, you know, being an introvert or extrovert is not genetic. It's primarily based in environmental factors in early childhood. And I was wondering if you agreed with that statement or if it was something that you felt was a little more mysterious or how does it line up with uh, how a child, you know, develops because uh, there's certainly got to be an influence there but I'm just wondering how much of that is real and how much of that are you in control of on your own yeah I did read a few articles in the past and it is very like inconclusive of whether mm -hmm. you know you're you're born an introvert or you're not but because say like my brother and I for example we're only a year apart and we get we have the same parents and we grow up in the same environment and we get exposed to the same things and um, he's a little bit, I mean, not so much now. I think he's becoming more introverted now, which is normal for older people. As you get grow older, you do become a little bit more introverted. So it, it does come with age. But mm -hmm. naturally, like we were both exp uh, exposed to the same environment, but he's more extroverted than I am. And so like part of it, I feel like, I feel like genetics still plays a role in it or like, I feel like, you could be predisposed, what's it called? Pre predisposed. Pre yeah. To that, to being one or the other. So I think there's still something, some link in your brain that you developed. Um, like obviously trauma 
can impact a person's personality. Like that's pretty obvious and well known that it that happens. But I don't think anything has happened to me traumatically per se. Like, do you remember uh, that, arguments? Like, do you ever remember like from an early age your parents arguing or conflict? Do you remember? I remember you said that they did have conflict and all that. Do you think any of those kinds of experiences could have influenced you? It could. Like, I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't be Is surprised. It possible? Um, possible, maybe? Yeah. I'm just wondering. I, I wouldn't wondering. be surprised if that's uh, that plays a role in it. But, like, like what I was saying, like, you know, my brother and I were both exposed to the same thing, but I took it differently and he took yeah. it differently. Yeah. So there's still that personality, I guess. That's that part of me because I don't know. It's weird. I don't know. Cause like my, uh, I have family members who are, you know, they go to the same fam, the family events and it's super loud, but some kids just, they don't mind it. They love it. And some, some kids myself don't really like the loud noises. So yeah. I don't know. Do you think okay. uh, you think gender has anything to do with it? You know, being uh, a woman or a man, like you know, we all have different perspectives, of course, and we mm. balance each other. Um, you know, do you think that being a male versus female influences any of those types of probabilities or you know perspectives at all? Like, are might, girls, like are I guess girls the, based on your culture, yeah. Yeah, in general. Yeah, in general, I don't know but, about that. I never actually looked that up. <laughs> yeah, I'm just curious. But, like, do you, do you think that it could play a role in it? Just personally, like, is your experience been that you know more people seem to be introverted on one side or the other? That's kind of what I was going for. Yeah, I think because um, I did talk about you know how my mom's like you know old school and it's all about being ladylike or whatever, and being that way, it is favor to be more quiet and reserved and you know uh, in the church for example I forgot what bible verse it is or whatever but you know the men they typically are the leaders of the church or the leaders of their family and they're the ones that usually speak for the family they're the spokesperson so I could see in that aspect but I was very anti that <laughs> very like mm -hmm. strong feminist even at a young age so mm -hmm. I didn't like that but there are times where because I have a very obnoxious laugh like I don't know if you could tell <laughs> in this recording but you know I've people always point it out and they always have to say something and it's like I get it I have a loud laugh you know I'm a very quiet person but when that laugh comes out it's yeah. just can't withhold it man so there's if comments like that you know if somebody complains about laughter you just need to leave the room you know, yeah. <laughs> that's what yeah. I think. Like that's their problem. Hello, wow. Is your mom an introvert or an extrovert? My mom is an extreme extrovert. She oh, yeah? loves people. Yeah. Mm, but how does that tie in with being prim and proper and all that kind of stuff? That's a good sounds, point. Sounds like the opposite. <laughs> Why are you talking about that? Yeah, I what think. Do you think? Hmm. Because. Well, I guess there's a difference, huh? Like being ladylike and social, Quiet. but being ladylike and like yeah. out there and crazy. Well mannered, you know, that yeah. sort of thing. Don't so speak I guess, out yeah, of turn. Okay. You know, now that you I, point that out, I don't know if it's gender related then. I was just I think wondering. it's just personality. I was just curious. And your father, introvert or extrovert? Um, 
he was an extrovert, but when he got older, like maybe when he reached probably like his 70s, he became like introverted. And then up until he died, he was like way introverted. Like we, he would just during family events, he would just make his appearance, you know, make his round, say hi to everybody. And then he would rather just go back into his his uh, little cave, we call it, <laughs> and watch TV. Yeah, we men like our caves. There's no question about it. <laughs> <laughs> Been that way since the beginning of time. Yeah. Um, that is crazy. Um, very cool. And as being an introvert in your experience, would you say that there's been a deficit or an advantage? I know that listening is a huge advantage, but do you think that being in your position throughout life has served you or held you back more? Like which, if you had to weigh them on a scale, like would you say that, you know, are you a person that regrets or is really empowered by this thing called being an introvert? So it wasn't until recently, I think maybe in the last couple of years, maybe last few years, I've really felt more empowered and more confident and more like, like embracing it because I did come from a very extroverted family and, you know, the extrovert traits are very favored in, especially in America, like in this world we live in where you have to be your own salesperson, like I used to put ongoing, ongoing, outgoing in all my resumes, which is like, you know, a lie, obviously, but people like that <laughs> trait. <laughs> so yeah. it gets I, you through the ATS system when you're submitting your resumes. Yeah, exactly. So you got to put those keywords in, but doesn't mean you have to like actually be it. But sure. <laughs> well, you have to adapt to a certain degree. You can't be an a-hole if you're serving someone's clients, you know, but yeah, yeah, yeah. but but what really made me like realize like how great it is to be an introvert is uh, this podcast, you know, like I started the podcast during the pandemic and, um, oh, I never answered your question earlier about passion, but like I, you know, I, the work I do isn't like something I'm passionate about, but I like doing it and it's easy. But the great thing about the job I have is that it, it pays for my passions. Exactly. <laughs> so it, it, it pays for like, you know, me being able to travel or me being able to do my crafts or, and me being able to do the podcast. The podcast is, it's not like super pricey, but it does, you know, yeah. I have a, a website and I do have to pay for like a, a Buzzsprout and stuff like that. Um, mm -hmm. But in the equipment, but like, so anyway, so yeah, I feel that. And uh, during the pandemic, I did start the podcast and I really wanted to be about being an introvert because it's just such a big part of who I am and what decisions I make. And the sad thing about being a talkative introvert is that I love to talk, obviously, because I'm talking this whole time and just mm -hmm. blabbing, but I'm very soft-spoken and I'm uh, usually in the listener role. Like, you know, my friends love to come to me for their problems and to talk things through to them. And I, I don't mind. And I love being that for them and being supportive. But sometimes, like, I want to talk. Exactly. Like, I, I mean, that's why I was so excited that you wanted to talk about me and, the, <laughs> and yeah. being an introvert. Right. Yeah, we're like, both excited for different reasons, you know. Yeah, like, I get to talk about it. And it's a subject I care about and I love. And you know, through that process of doing the podcast, I learned so much about it. 
because I started reading articles. I started reading about like, like some of my first episodes is about like misconceptions and pet peeves and stuff like that. And I didn't realize there's like a whole community. Like I'm not alone. You know, there's, um, it depends on what article you read, but there's a good chance that like, there's like 50, 50, you know, we think there's more extroverts in the world, but I think we only think that it's because people try to be more extroverted because that's the favorite traits when you want to like get a job or something, you know, Yeah. or if you want to be famous to stand out. Yeah. Yeah. But there's a lot of great things about introverts that people don't realize. And I think for me, being an introvert really did, like mentally it sucked because I, you know, growing up, I thought, you know, being an extrovert's better. But now that I'm kind of learning more about it, I'm older too. And I care less about what people think now, like as you get older. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. my mental state has been, you know, shifting more positive. But being introvert, like I have deeper connections with people. I have great relationships. Like I, like at work, we have I have a great client vendor relationship with the people I work with, and I, you know, hold on a moment. Wait what? a second. You do care. Hold on a minute. <laughs> <laughs> a minute ago, you what was the word that you said on your resume? What was that word? Outgoing. Yeah, you yeah. are outgoing. That's the thing. So like. Are you cynical at all, or maybe oh, like a pretty little, much? Little yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm okay. pretty cynical and sarcastic. I okay. I've gotten that before. I gotcha. That makes perfect sense because it sounds to me like you really do care, but like you're just like, oh, only when I want to. <laughs> I mean, I'm yeah, happy pretty to, much. Of course, but you know, it's like catch you on a good day. Hopefully, you know. <laughs> yeah, but I think like so before when people would say something mean about me or say they they that they don't like me. Like I used to like freak out and worry about it, but now it's like, well, that's too bad for you. Yeah, <laughs> like absolutely. you don't like me. You know, um, it's strange too. And, and being an extrovert, you know, uh, I want to share this with you cause you'll probably get a giggle out of it, but you'd think that someone like me would be just itching at the bit to, you know, get on the podcast and start doing it. But it took me two whole years to get to this point. So I got to hand it to you. You, you jumped in the game really quickly um, my catalyst for starting the podcast that I'm doing is um, really related to going out and doing the census. And I live in a country rural area mm-hmm. and I'm fairly isolated. There's not a lot of people. I have some friends and whatnot and it's a nice community, but it's a little boring and lonely and isolating. And holy crap, if I can find a woman that still has all her teeth and not at least two litters of kids, you know, uh, <laughs> the, the single life here is terrible. But uh, oh, that's geez. a whole other story. Yeah, that's the one thing I miss about California sometimes. Um, but honestly, it took me a long time. And, and it was just the desire to connect with people and to, you know, to share some of these cool conversations that people can have that are strangers. You know, I used to go to people's houses in the middle of nowhere and knock on the door and say, hey, I need you to tell me some things about your personal life for the census. And you know, not everybody was happy about that, but like it always worked out and it was such a cool experience that it really, to me, gave me the motivation to want to do this. Now, my own issues, depression and dealing with things is what led to the two year process probably of getting to this point. Mm-hmm. But like, I remember the day when it was like, you know what, I'm going to do this. And like, I really need to do this because it might serve the needs of other people. And to me, that's one of the big motivating factors I have is I'm hoping 
that through these podcasts, you know, these different folks that I'm speaking with, there's somebody out there, even one person for each episode, I'd be thrilled to know that one person from each episode got something of value that they took into their own life and used and got ahead somehow. That's as simplistic as I can make it. So like for me, that was the turning point to actually doing it. And as an extrovert, that's a mouthful because normally you'd think like, oh yeah, thought, action, go, you know, but yeah. <laughs> like, it took me a while, right? Like yeah. what was it, what was it for you that made it? I mean, the pandemic sucked and the quarantine and all that, but like, what was it for you that was like the point when you're like, I'm going to do this. And then you just did it. Well, so my cousin has a YouTube channel. She doesn't really do it anymore though, but she has a YouTube channel and um, the, when the pandemic started, she's like, well, I don't know what to do now. Cause she did videos of like her traveling or going to different things or like different breweries in Sacramento and, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. And I said, well, you know, why don't you do like kind of like a talk show, like where you're just, cause you know, there's a lot of YouTube videos where you know, it's just friends talking or people talking and people yeah, enjoy cool. that. Yeah. And I said, well, since we're in the pandemic, I know you can't really go out and do anything, but what do you think about like maybe you and I can do an episode of talking about how the pandemic impacts me being introvert and her being like extremely extrovert. Cause we're like both completely opposite from each other, but we're, she's like one of my best friends. Cool. Um, yeah. And she's like, well, uh, cause she doesn't talk a lot during her, her YouTube channel, like her uh, videos because she doesn't really have like, a whole lot to talk about, which is funny because she is the extroverted one. Yeah. But she's more of like a quiet extrovert, which is the opposite because she just mm. likes being around people and right she on. likes being in the atmosphere. And she didn't really have like too much to say. And she said, you should just do the podcast because I, I mentioned that like it'd be kind of cool to have one so I could talk about yeah. it or we can talk about it. And she's like, you should just do it. And so her saying you should just do it like I wow. just did it. No kidding. (laughs) Excellent. And then from there, how did you learn how to get, you know, because there is a bit of a process involved. I learned doing it, you know, myself and Mm -hmm. I had to figure it out myself. Did you have to figure it out yourself or did someone show you how to do all that stuff? I just watched a bunch of YouTube videos. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Yeah. I'm a party of one when it comes to my podcast. Like no one does my editing or anything like that. Like I do all of that stuff. Yeah, so, join the club, join the club. Yeah, so YouTube. That's cool. It's, it's fun, exactly. Are you on YouTube and all that, or do you just broadcast through normal podcasting um, channels? It's just through where, like, Spotify. Like, I do have a YouTube channel, but I just upload the audio, which, like, I don't even get views, really. I get maybe one or two, like, every few months. So I think, mm. like, I made it, I decided that after this season, I'm just not going to do the YouTube thing anymore because all of my downloads are from like Spotify or Apple or uh, those other stuff. So yeah, I had wondered about that. I put uh, some of my episodes on BitChute, and I did actually get some new listeners that way. I need to finish that process. I think I uploaded the first eight episodes Mm -hmm. um, of my podcast there and I was kind of surprised, but you know, some of those alternative platforms for video, people do listen to podcasts. I mean, I've been struggling with that question should mm-hmm. I really spend the time putting all that crap on YouTube, you know, and no. like, uh, I don't know, <laughs> or shorts even, you know, creating shorts, yeah. 
you know, maybe to promote and excerpts from conversations, you know, anything, but like, I, I do that. I, yeah. That's what I was kind of wondering if that mm-hmm. works or not. Does that work better? Yeah. Like the little, I think people's attention spans are just short, you know, uh, especially with like social media. So like the YouTube thing, because I don't have like, I'm not recording myself or anything that like there's nothing to watch. It's literally just a static image with the, you know, and the audio going on. So that if you're just going to do that and not actually record yourself, like someone watching you talk, mm-hmm. I don't think it's worth doing YouTube. But as far as like the sound bites, like people do enjoy it. Like I'll get like messages mm-hmm. about it or, you know, um, I think that's probably better. Just like little clips, but I wouldn't bother with YouTube unless you're going to do an actual video. That's of cool. something. That's cool. Yeah. And I thought about that. My last guest, I had another interview before ours this morning and Mm -hmm. he had his video turned on the whole time. And it was really kind of cool. Like most people, when they realize like, you know, they come in and like, okay, I'll just tell them we're not using video. No problem. They just turn it off, you know, but this guy left his on the whole time. And so I got to watch him and that was a first for me. And, uh, Oh, really? Yeah, and, and honestly, it kind of spoke to my heart a little bit, and he was right, because I asked him, I'm like, well, what do you think, you know, is it better? And he's all, well, actually, yes, it is, and here's why he thought so, and blah, blah, and I'm like, you know, you might be right, and so I think I'm going to have to get a camera and maybe after this uh, give it a try and see, because there might be something missing there, but like, I don't know, you know, it's part of the fun, mm-hmm. you know, you're just listening, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to bother somebody with having to watch too, and I'm I'm not the prettiest face of the world, I'm sure, <laughs> to most people, so like, you know, it's like, what if I, you know, should I dress up for this? You know, what is it that... <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. I, I do video, um, I don't record the video, but I do have my webcam usually. I don't if the other person isn't. So because you're not, I don't have mine on. <laughs> right, right. Um, but typically I do because it is easier to see. For example, like um, I don't interrupt people as much. Like when we're, unfortunately, like when it's like this or like like even at work when I have meetings, I accidentally always like, oh, accidentally, not always, but accidentally talk over people because I can't see if they're about to talk. But if I can see the person on webcam and I see that like you know, you could kind of see the gears turning and they yeah. want to say something, then that that tells me to like, hey, you need to shut up and let the other person talk. Right so on. it helps in that aspect because you know body language is a big part of communication, mm-hmm. and you don't really get that if we're not looking at each other. But, but either way, ab- I mean, you're absolutely right, and uh, that is a big part of it. But really, when you cut that all back, like actual communication you know there's something about that process to me at least it's really you know maybe it's just an old school perspective where you picked up the phone I I think that in my mind like I think that's what I think about the most it's like you had to pick up a phone dial Mm -hmm. a number if they answered and there was someone home great but like if they even had an answering machine you know it's like I mean it was that kind of thing and it was just different you know what I mean and like there's Mm -hmm. something about that experience to me I think that gets lost in all this crazy you know digital instant gratification you know it's crazy to me like I don't know it's just really crazy and I'm an extrovert I I honestly don't like it like I don't care for social media at all Um, I think it's a poison and uh, just a terrible thing for society it's thrown everything out of whack 
you know, in my yeah. opinion anyway. Do you agree or do you see it Oh, a hundred percent. Like I think I think social media at first was had good intentions, you know, like when it first so I don't know how old you are, but like I 50. so I am a okay. <laughs> so I'm thirty. Uh so I did I am a millennial and you know, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> You're a smart millennial, you should say. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but like, I didn't get social media until like high school, I think. Yeah, high school. Um, but it was cool back then because back then you had to like buy these phone cards to call the Philippines and it costs like a certain amount per minute, you know, right. like a few cents per minute. But with the invention of social media we got to talk to family like at least chat for free and then when facebook came out with like the facetime or like the facebook what's it called messenger Mm -hmm. facebook messenger then like i don't know when that happened but then my mom got to like actually call her sister for free and got to talk as long as she wanted right so like those aspects really cool love that we have we have that and we're more connected now but it stops at that. Everything else, like the, like I'm not gonna lie and say I don't mindlessly scroll through the reels and whatever. Yeah. Um, it is like it is a trap, but I think it does. Social media is very like it does rot your brain. It does like, and there's a lot of misinformation. There's a lot of, and then everyone's like extremely politically charged and like you know, and there's people who are trying to sway your mind and. Now, people, it just feels like sometimes people aren't thinking for themselves. They're just doing whatever, like, so-and-so is telling them to do. And we're forgetting how to do our own research and figure things out for ourselves. And we forget to build our own values and figure that out. And mm-hmm. we're just, yeah. Totally so, agree. It, yeah, getting distracted probably is a good way to say it, maybe. Mm-hmm. You know, distracted from things that are more important. Um Strange yeah. thought, you know, I just, you just made me think of something. So this will date me back a bit. Um, did you guys have those AOL discs, the little three and a half floppies? Yeah. Thing? Okay. So that's about the time that I'm thinking, you know, when everybody was starting to communicate online. Is that about right for what you're, when you oh, guys first were able to? Like right. the AOL chat, yeah. AOL chat and ICQ. Have you ever heard of ICQ? ICQ. Oh, my God, if you don't know that. Well, I mean, it probably wouldn't have shaved off more than a couple of years of waiting time, but that was <laughs> one of the earlier messenger systems that were out there, and it was just a software platform, and it was one of the first really bitchin' full-featured ones where you could you know, actually communicate with voice back and forth. They didn't have video back then, but like, it was really bitchin', man. Like It was mm-hmm. super cool. I mean, it's still out there today, I'm sure, but... You know, it's like, I was just wondering. Um, so in the Philippines, did they have those things that came in the mail too? Like everybody, they were everywhere in the, in the United States. Did you guys have them in the Philippines? <laughs> I'm just I wondering. Think so. Okay. They're very like, uh, they're pretty into technology. And they, they, I remember when I went there when I was younger, my cousin owned like an internet cafe. And that was like really popular back then to have like internet cafes because like that's where you can like play video games and online games and do stuff online and just chat with other people who are also into like computers and whatever uh and they always have like the latest 
stuff, which is funny because they're like they're a third world country. But sometimes I'll see like an Instagram, like my cousin will have like the latest phone and I'm over here struggling just to pay off my phone right now. So I'm like, how do you get these? Yeah. That's so crazy. Wow. Um, yeah, it's, it's very interesting. And I've heard in other cultures, I think Japan, there's people that have been in those crazy cafes like for years and years and years and they won't leave or something mm -hmm. like that. Have you heard that? Is that? Yeah. That's a real thing, isn't it? It is. Yeah, huh. I, I think I've, I've watched a video or something on that. Yeah, I think <laughs> I saw it on YouTube or something like yeah. that. Um, so to kind of wrap up and get close to uh, the end of our time together, I wanted to ask if you wanted to share anything with introverts or extroverts, but probably more introverts, that might help them to do more, you know? Because I think one mm -hmm. of the things I associate with introversion, if you will, um, is that, you know, maybe they don't reach out or take a chance. Maybe they don't speak up. Maybe they don't feel confident or have self-esteem. I'm not sure if that plays into it, but mm -hmm. I just wonder what, what is it that introverts need to hear to know that like, Hey, you know what? I'm going to achieve that, or I'm going to set this goal, or I'm going to do this cool thing with my life, you know, instead of just kind of being a wallflower, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. What would it take for somebody listening to kind of help address and break that barrier, you think? Well, I guess I'll just speak for myself and what helped me. But uh, what helped me, especially like when I started this podcast, is knowing that, you know, basically half, uh, yeah, half of the population is introverted. So we are not alone. There's a lot of people like us. And some of like the most successful people in the world are also introverted. And so even though we live in this super extroverted world where, you know, you want to put outgoing in your resume, you don't actually need to be an extrovert to be successful and live a fulfilling, happy life. And that, you know, if people are, are telling you that you need to be more this and that, it's just, you know, it's just what we're conditioned to learn, but it's not true. And that you can fully embrace being an introvert and be successful and you could be in those roles that maybe you didn't think you could be in like a leadership role or you know the front man of a band or like you know you can be those things if that's really what you want and you know don't don't let it don't let your introversion hold you back I guess mm -mm, mm -mm. do you think that there's something that is part of being an introvert that holds us back or is it different for everybody I do think introverts get pretty comfortable. Like it, I think the pandemic, I, I was talking to somebody about this, but the pandemic kind of made us go back in our shell, which can hinder us in a way. Like if we are too comfortable in our little cave, um, I do think we, I think both extroverts and introverts can learn from each other. Like I think introverts, can learn and grow by experiencing and going out and being a little bit more social or like doing something outside of their comfort zone, just to even just try it. Like if you don't like it, then don't do it ever again, you know? And I think this, you know, that goes for extroverts too. I think a lot of them can learn from being alone with their thoughts and mm -hmm. being in a quiet place and really. Um, yeah. So that's interesting. Like uh, introverts need to be, 
you know, for it just as an example, in a louder place with more things going on, extroverts need time alone to contemplate. Yeah, I think yeah. it's just a great practice, and not to say that you should be more introvert or more extrovert, but it just helps you understand that other spectrum, and it may be beneficial to you at the end if you do that. You know. Yeah. And uh, extroversion, um, what's the difference, do you think, between being an extrovert and aggressive? Being an extrovert and aggressive, I think... Uh, what's the difference between like being very outgoing and interested and extroverted, gregarious, if you will, versus aggressive? I think that's that's mainly just temperament because you could be introverted and aggressive too, you know, like mm -hmm. you could be a angry person as an introvert. Like I, I used to be kind of like that a little bit. I've mellowed out since then. It's yeah. a, I got it from my dad. Um, <laughs> I got you. But yeah, that's temperament. No, that's, I, don't I, think I was just really, wondering, I've been yeah. interpreted improperly a few times. I was just wondering oh. what your perspective was on that. Um, you know, my heart's right and everything, but like somebody gets the wrong idea and it's like, wait a second, how did you interpret that? You know? Yeah. Uh, it could I just be, you're very passionate about something, you know, mm -hmm. like some people we, we get like that. Like if we're very passionate about something and we really want that other person to, yeah. to understand and feel it, like we can get a little, you, humans in general can get a little aggressive about it, but totally, yeah, it just depends on how far you take it. <laughs> yeah, and, and also just on the other side of the coin, make no mistake about it, being an extrovert is difficult in its own right. And, you know, it's funny, I mean, you've made a, a business kind of out of being an introvert and, you know, being an extrovert, I almost want to hide it sometimes, but it's so obvious and I can't help it, you know, and it's one of those things. Um when you meet somebody for the first time, do you think that they know you're an introvert? Because you really act to me more like an extrovert. Like to me, you're not really an introvert from our conversation because here you are interacting and doing the opposite of what introverts do. They're, you're revealing yourself. You're very candid and open. <clears throat> you know, I would challenge you to say that you might be an ambivert. <laughs> <laughs> I'm half kidding, but I just wonder like, you know, that distinction what do you think in real life like if you were to just bump into me like at the grocery or something you would think I'm an introvert uh -huh. I I am only this way like the talkative part of me is only this way with like on one-on-one -on -one, you know like not in the party but like one-on-one -on -one like this and when it's a subject I care about or like know a lot about or love talking about but in general, like my husband is a little, he's introvert, but he's more towards the ambervert level. And so he knows all the neighbors. He's has their phone numbers. He knows their names. They chit chat in the front yard, but cool. I don't talk to anybody. I think people avoid me <laughs> sometimes because uh. I do have an RBF. Uh, I don't like, I don't know some of their names. I don't have any of the numbers. I don't know how he got everybody's numbers, but I don't have any of their numbers. And I wouldn't talk to you unless you approached me. Hmm. So I would never start the conversation. Interesting. Wow. <laughs> but that's cool, though. In a, in a marriage dynamic, that's actually a really healthy situation, I think. Yeah. You know? I think so. But it's kind of backwards in a way. But I would be that guy. I would be your husband in that regard. And <laughs> I, I'd want to know all the neighbors. And 
like just in case we needed each other. Yes, I need yeah. a phone number list that we all have, you know? <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. That's so funny. I do think that's smart because, yeah, to have their numbers, but I would never be the one to do it. Like I would never approach you. You would have yeah. to come to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's funny how that works. And you have to be careful approaching people these days. And I found out, you know, the hard way a couple of times just saying nice things and, joking around with strangers sometimes in, in real life. And it's really weird to me. Like some people have a really sour attitude and it's like, man, even if you're just being a nice person and being playful, they can still find something to complain about. <laughs> oh yeah. It's um, yeah. Sometimes, I guess that's sometimes oh, what? Oh, I was just going to say like after the pandemic, like people just don't know how to be around each other anymore, I guess. I guess. It's so weird. That is a strange thing. Um, in a way, I think it made it healthier. Uh, here's an interesting story I don't think I've ever shared real quick. Um, and are you okay being a couple minutes over time? Oh, yeah. I'm fine. Oh, okay, me too. Good. Um, so essentially, uh, when the pandemic started and when they were first doing the testing in New York, I got mm -hmm. a job working on the phone uh, with the Department of Health in New York to call people and get them to the testing centers. And it was a really eye-opening experience. Let me tell you what, like, and I mean, it was just <laughs> a job at first, but then I realized like, holy crap, you know, and I saw a pattern over a few months and I asked people, I just started asking within the first month, I was like, why are you missing your appointment? You know, and every mm -hmm. single person that I asked that question that missed their appointment told me this, Every single one of them did this. They said the same exact thing because I didn't want to take it away from somebody else that might need it more than I do. Like, oh. I just like, man, my heart melted at that point. And I was like, holy crap, this crazy, I've lived in upstate New York and the city was way too much for me. But like, you really don't realize until you talk to people like that on a regular basis, like what heart there is. And it's such a sad thing to see it get torn to shreds today with crime and Mm -hmm. things you know whatever it is but um i really got a sense for the way that people feel even stacked upon one another you know and some of the folks i were talking to lived in big buildings with uh, you know a thousand apartments in them or whatever and you know they're all crammed together and yet somehow they still have love for their neighbor and you know to me that really said a lot you know what i mean and um mm -hmm. I thought that was really cool, um, but the pandemic did change everything, and from there, <laughs> I mean, gosh, you know, I don't need to explain it. Um, it's It's been, you know, you can ask everybody, even at TurboTax, I work at TurboTax during the year, <laughs> I ask people questions related, like last year, our hot question, we always ask a personal question, and it was, you know, uh, tell me about something good that happened last year, you know, um, and that would happen to be the year that everybody was masked up and freaked out. And so it really caught people off guard. You know, they're calling to talk about their taxes. And here I am asking them to tell me about something good that happened during the worst time in American or world history. You know, it's not just us. Um, but every one of them pretty much had something positive to say. And it related to family. It related to strengthening relationships. It related to gaining further introspection and self-awareness. That was amazing to me. And I mean, I was just on the mm -hmm. phone at, Tur at TurboTax, you know. Thank God I never got in trouble for that. But yeah, you know, these really great people, you know, just you talk to them and you ask them questions and they're willing to share. And it's like, wow, you know, there's a lot more that 
we have in common, really. And you don't even think about them as being an introvert or an extrovert. They're just a nice person, you know? Yeah. Uh, so when it comes down to it, I guess that's really what it's about, you know, is looking at everybody in the world with a sense of openness and love, really, and not categorizing or isolating people in any way. And through that process, we can really come together and have a much better time. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, definitely. I think, I mean, that's kind of kind of leads back to our conversation conversation about social media is that mm-hmm. I think people paint each other to be like these evil monsters, you know, like if you're on one side or the other, you're like, um, there's just that, that they think the other side is always evil or the other side's worse or the other side's like this and that. But in, in the reality, like, I'd like to think at least for me, like I, I am a pretty cynical, skeptical person, but I am trying to be more like, uh, open to the fact that people, they just want what's best for everybody, you know, yeah. like, yeah. um, I know when I said not to, I know you said not to talk about politics, politics, but I won't get into like any political things, but like, sure. I think everybody on any, whatever party you're in, I think people generally just think what their party is just the best for the people, you know, they just right. want what's best for everybody. And we just don't see eye to eye in that. And that's, you know, that's just human nature that we don't see eye to eye to things, but I don't think it's right to think the other side is evil just because they have differing opinions, you know. But but think of it like this, and, and I'm glad you mentioned that, and there is one aspect of politics I do want to talk about, and i got to figure out a way to do it without breaking my own rule. Is, <laughs> you know, I, I'm the guy in the middle that I don't really care what anybody believes. I just want everybody to get along. And, yeah, you know, it's like if you've got crazy ideas that are going to infringe on my rights, we got a little bit of a problem there. And maybe we could just choose not to talk about it. Or if you're open, let's discuss these different things and come to a sense of common understanding and all of that as opposed to that fight. And quite frankly, it's the stupidest thing ever for people to get so wrapped up in politics. That's why I purposely don't talk about it because, yeah. you know, it's like, uh, it's just like shooting fish in a barrel and it gets so old. And honestly, we're all tired of it, you know, as people. Yeah. Nobody wants to deal with that crap anymore. So let's just try to get back to what's real. And, you know, that's kind of the goal of it, I think, for your podcast and mine is we want to help people get back to what's real. We can agree on that, I know. Yeah. Cause I, I actually, um, I did an episode with somebody recently about being open-minded and cause we were talking about how everyone claims to be open-minded. Right. But at the end of the day, it is human nature to be closed-minded and to be open-minded. You have to practice it. Like it's a practice. It's not, it's not something you just have, like it's not innate, like it's a skill that you have to build on. And I personally don't think that you know, one side should shut out the other side because when you shut that out, you close the dialogue for uh, having a meaningful conversation and you, um, what's, what did I say? Like I said, oh, uh, it doesn't, it's like, you need that dialogue to challenge your own beliefs. Like mm-hmm. you need the, the dialogue to know like, well, maybe I'm wrong or maybe that right. person's wrong, but you wouldn't know. Like a know. sounding board kind of. Yeah. 
Because you wouldn't know if you only talk to people who believe in the same things you do. Because then right. you're just you all are just going to think you're you're right and they're wrong. <laughs> you know. Right, and, and I know it's a really simplistic example, but you know, uh, why shouldn't we be more concerned about the fact that you like a veggie burrito and I like the chicken? You know. Yeah. <laughs> at Chipotle, you know what I mean? Like, hold on a moment. I don't really care for Burger King. You know, you like it? Oh, well, why shouldn't we be more upset about that? You know what I mean? Like, that's the yeah. question I have is like, uh, pick your battles, man. Like, holy crap, there's so much more important things that we could be arguing about. And, you know, mm -hmm. actually arguments can lead to breakthroughs and awareness and greater understanding and, you know, compassion and all of that sometimes, but yeah, things have gotten weird. So I'm glad that, you know, there's uh, folks like us out there and I'm sure other people that just want to get back to a normal sense of human interaction and to be able to experience, you know, each other without judgment and, you know, any sense of uh, being diminished because of something they might or might not believe. And, you know, that's the craziest part. Half the stuff we worry about isn't even true, you know? Yeah, exactly. And it's, you know, it, the news obviously just exaggerates things because the more exaggeration, the more, the more clicks, the more views, the more money. Right. And you got to just, sometimes you got to follow the money. Like, is it true or they just want, you know, yeah. more profits? Yeah. Yeah. It's like an emotional roller coaster. If you're on the ride, then you're hooked and you're paying their bills and, you know, get off the ride. And like, you know, sooner or later, the, park has to close down hopefully you know <laughs> yeah but I do I I do have to say like I, I appreciate that you're doing this and that your podcast is about that and talking to people and having genuine conversations because I think for me that's kind of my favorite types of podcasts are people having genuine conversations with each other and I think it's cool that you and I can have that conversation and we don't even know yeah. each other personally Exactly. And we don't have like any connection at all. I mean, unless you know my family in Arizona, I don't know. No, <laughs> no, no. It's too, it's too hot down there. Yeah. <laughs> this is where they come to take vacations, honestly. Everybody oh. in the valley, they always come up here on the weekends to cool off. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's but cool. I appreciate cool. that. Thank you very yeah. much for that acknowledgement. I really appreciate that. And quite frankly, it was a gamble, you know, and uh, there's a part of me, you know, that like went to college for radio broadcasting and I'm kind of sorry I didn't follow that path. Um, and I'm trying to kind of catch the ride. I want to ride the wave before I die one day, you know, so mm -hmm. here, here I am finally entering into broadcasting in some way. Um, but at the same time, um, to be honest with you, I was just praying and hoping that people would be interested in that sense of, uh, you know, what you just discussed is the reality between two people and hopefully use that, you know, as a way to motivate them to get out and meet their neighbors and to interact with strangers, you know, carefully and don't get hurt, of course. But, you know, it's like, I mean, mm -hmm. it's just like we got to figure out a way to reconnect. That's really what it's about. So in our own ways, we all, I think, want that. It's just how do we get there? So we're going to figure it out together. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Right on. So um, this is probably the first time I didn't have a book to promote, but I definitely want people to tune into your podcast. So you can find Melissa 
the host of the talkative introvert. Is it just called the talkative introvert when they go to like Apple Podcasts? Is that what they would type in to find you, or yep. how would they find you? Yeah, it's just the talkative introvert, and I'm pretty much on any platform that does podcasts. Like people use what's it called, Deezer or Stitcher mm-hmm. or whatever. Like all those those random ones. <laughs> like I'm on all of those. Right on. And, yeah. Very cool. And your podcast, is it designed to help people or just be more of an entertainment source? It depends on the season. So I kind of, I don't have a specific, uh, what's it called? Like agenda necessarily, mm-hmm. but Join I do just talk about, <laughs> yeah, it's just random stuff. Like the first season I think was mostly me and it's mostly just introverted stuff like that I, I share articles I read online and things I learned. Um, but oh, as just I, you? the first season is oh. just me. Yeah. I, do, you, do you have more fun interviewing people or is it more fun to do it by yourself? It depends on the person. Ah, <laughs> uh-huh. gotcha, gotcha. So I, this season, so I'm like, this is the third season and it's about to like, I don't know when this is airing, but um, it's going to end in like December, I think is what I have. Yeah. Oh, that's but perfect. This, yeah. So this season, I I think all of them except for maybe a couple, maybe two or three, are solo episodes, uh, and that's a new uh, thing for me. So, mm-hmm. but I, I do have like a lot of my friends and family, and like the second season join me, and I do like those because they are very conversational versus mm-hmm. like uh, like I say when it depends on the person, it just depends on their yeah. energy. Like you and I are can do a back and forth, but there's some people who are just, I ask the question, they answer it. Right. And that's it. So I got to go to my next question. So if like, I'm not prepared with enough questions, then it's kind of (laughs) dead. Yeah. And there's, there's nowhere near enough time to run and fill up your coffee cup either. (laughs) Yeah. And like, I, so I appreciate the ones where people just want to have a conversation but I know some people really are there to like be interviewed and promote yeah. their stuff. And those like, mm, you know, like I'm not like a huge fan of those. I hear um, you. I mean, everyone kind of has something to promote, but if that's, that's all, all you care about, right? it's not really that fun. You know yeah, what I mean? I totally agree. And I've been so blessed because uh, so far all my guests have fit like, you know, really well into my format and they like talking about themselves and, you know, all that, but I really like promoting as well because they, they have something to share that, mm-hmm. you know, brings more value to their lives. And that's why I like to promote at the end of the show. And it's kind of like the dessert, you know, it's like you've eaten your vegetables and your meat. Good job. You know, now let's give you a little <laughs> dessert that you can take home and enjoy on your own. You know what I mean? Like that's how I see it anyway. Yeah. And I think that's great that people have things to share and all that, like, other, you know, no no shame in promoting, of course. No. Uh, you do your thing. But, you know, have a conversation. Yeah, <laughs> Get to meet yeah. the person. And yeah. I think for you, like, I think you ask really great questions. And you get you want to actually know the person and like, get to know the person. Because um, I was telling somebody, because in this platform, whether you're doing YouTube, if you're a TikTok person or you're doing a podcast, there is a level of narcissism there, like mm-hmm. not a bad level of narcissism. I mean, unless you're like super egotistical, but you know, there is a level of narcissism there that you think that you think that your voice is worth listening to. And so when you 
So people do tend to like to talk about themselves. Like, I'm not going to lie. I love talking about myself because what subject do you know most about? Right. Other than yourself. Yeah. So <laughs> you, you want to hear something really funny? And, and again, extrovert differences. We should definitely do another episode. Um, For sure. But uh, I actually, uh, believe it or not, struggle a little bit with that. Like, and maybe it's just a self-esteem thing or whatever. But like, I know I have a good voice and like, you know, I've had uh, people in my past that, oh, you know, and like for some strange reason in TurboTax of all places, like people kept telling me and I didn't say anything, but they like right away, like I remember two or three people, they're like, dude, your voice belongs on radio, man. And I'm like, <laughs> wow, thanks. You know, it's funny you should say that because I'm putting together a podcast, you know, and I remember that experience, but like I do kind of suffer a little insecurity from time to time and I wonder you know and I really don't care I mean but when it comes down to it I, I did kind of have that internal dialogue of oh shit you know what if people really don't like the sound of my voice you know oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know whatever I mean it's the message really you know what I mean that's the whole point you know yeah um, so I appreciate that you get it you really do get it like you get it better than anybody so far I think and I mean, oh, everybody you. gets it, but no, you're like, it's very interesting. You're like, um, gosh, if we were on different sides of the country, I almost feel like we should have like some kind of a consortium in the middle, you know, <laughs> <laughs> of, uh, of ambiverts, of course, you know. Yeah. Um, but yes, this has been great. Um, I want to go on and, and it's just my nature to do that, but I've gone over now in two interviews today, uh, hopefully. <laughs> The listeners won't mind a little extra time spent. And uh, Melissa Manalo, I just want to thank you for your time and knowledge and just sharing today, really. This has been a great, great experience. And I'm just so, uh, you know, I'm really grateful for every interview, but I appreciate this sense of connection you've offered us. And uh, I just want to acknowledge you for being so open and, you know, contrary to what people probably think about with uh, introverts, you know, you... Uh, Definitely have no problems communicating whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. great. <laughs> Thank and, uh, you. You're welcome. And just to close out, is there any message that you might have for people listening or anything that you might like to share? You can even just plug your podcast if you want to. But um, I always like to ask for like something that you might like to share, say, or anything that's on your heart at all that you might like to add. Oh man, I didn't prepare for this. Uh, that's that's the idea. That's <laughs> I'm the so idea. used to being on your side, like the host side. Right, right, right. I'm getting ready to switch over to guest side, and I want to do guesting for a while and see what that's like. And I know it's going to be challenging in a way, but yeah. that's part of the goal here. Is so I want to catch you thinking and having to recollect. You know, that's part of the fun. I think is mm -hmm. it's a challenge. You know what I mean? I mean, the biggest thing right now isn't necessarily for introverts and extroverts specifically, but I, I do think that we can all learn from each other. I think yes. introverts and extroverts can learn from each other and that no, not one side is better than the other, whether that's, right. you know, in religion and politics and personalities and, you know, liking Burger King versus McDonald's. Like, right. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can all learn from each other. And I think that's, I think out in our country or even in the whole world, you know, I've talked to people in like Australia and India and whatever, but 
we all can really benefit from just actually listening to each other and talking to each other and having genuine conversations and not just trying to push your agenda, but really understanding the other person where they're coming from. Absolutely. And that, that right there is, in my opinion, a loving gesture. Would you agree? I think so. <laughs> and love is, love is not a scary word, everybody, you know, love exists on many different levels and really it's a good thing, you know? And so when you think of it that way, it's just a simple act of love, you know, and it should be natural to us. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I think so too. Good. So turn off the TV people. <laughs> and, uh, you know, let's get in tune with each other. Thank you so much, Melissa. It's been a joy and a pleasure. And I hope we get to talk again soon. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. This was My fun. pleasure. Oh, totally. Yeah. I hope we get to do it again for sure. Thank you for tuning in to the Toddcast Show. If you found today's episode helpful and meaningful, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on what's next. Remember that the Toddcast Show is all about community and connection. So follow the podcast on your preferred social platform to keep updated on everything I've got in store. Also check out ToddCastShow.com to find out more and stay connected with me, Todd Mira. Be sure to tell your friends and family about the Toddcast Show so the podcast family can continue to grow and share on an international level. See you over on the next episode. Hi, I'm Todd Mira, host of the Toddcast Show, and I want to share something personal with you today. Throughout my own life, I've struggled with issues I didn't even realize I had. Things like depression, past trauma, PTSD, and feeling disconnected from the people I loved the most. It took me hitting rock bottom to realize I couldn't fix myself alone. I needed help to unravel the tangled knots within my life, find myself again, and become stronger in the areas I was weakest. It wasn't an overnight transformation, but with time, I learned to change my thinking, my attitudes, and my entire paradigm for the better. I learned that it's good to ask for help, and that's why I want to tell you about our sponsor, BetterHelp. Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode of the Toddcast Show. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and the best part, it's 100% online. You can participate from anywhere, anytime that works for you. It's simple to get started. Simply answer a few questions about your specific needs and personal preferences in therapy, and BetterHelp will match you with the perfect therapist from their network. It's really that easy. You can message your therapist anytime you need support and schedule a live session when it's convenient for you. BetterHelp is committed to ensuring that you find the perfect match to guide you along your journey to well-being. As someone who went through therapy and came out way ahead of where I started, I want to invite you to take this step to a healthier, happier you today. My life was transformed through therapy, and yours can be too. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you'd expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is hand-picked for you, all at a shockingly affordable price. And as a special offer for our listeners, you'll get 10% off your first month by using this special link, BetterHelp. 
dot com forward slash Toddcast. That's better H E L P dot com forward slash Toddcast. You don't have to face life's challenges alone. BetterHelp is here to support you through the big and small issues of your life in a way that can really make a huge difference, both short and long term. Take the first step towards a healthier, happier you. Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash Toddcast to get started today.